Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Uproom Podcast. We are so, so happy you've decided to listen. This Sunday, we heard from Pastor McLaughlin. He spoke a message called Blessings, Burdens, and Battles. It was so encouraging. We hope you're blessed today. I'm going to read to you today from Genesis chapter 26, beginning with verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For, you, for to you and your descendants I give you all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Then let's go to verse 22 of the same chapter. 22 of the same chapter. And he removed from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night, and he said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you. And multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath out of his friends, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. Notice that. The world was watching this man of God and said, we've seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you. And since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace, You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast, and they ate, and they drank. I think one of the things that's indicative of our human life, notice verse 1 said they had a famine. Notice we see that when they dug the well, they were fruitful, verse 22 And then verse 30, they had a feast. That's typical of life. You're going to go through a famine. You're not going to stay in the famine. You'll become fruitful. And ultimately, God's got a massive feast for you. So you're somewhere in the continuum. If you're in your famine season, just hold on. Because God's going to make room for you and make sure that you become fruitful. And you're not even going to have to stop there. There's going to be a massive feasting. Because you're living in a covenant blessing. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? God's hand is on your life. God's hand is on your life. And good things happen when we're living in covenant with the Lord. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise right now? Oh yes, you're living under the blessing of the Lord. You're living under the mighty hand of God. And God is faithful. God is faithful. I want to speak to you today from this subject, blessings, burdens, and battles. Blessings, burdens, and battles. Can we pray one more time before you're seated? I love you, Lord. I thank you for this church, and I know, God of heaven, that there are people that are living under a burden, 
There are people that are going through battles, but you bless them before the burden. You bless them before the battle ever came. They walk through the burden and battle with your blessing on them. And I ask you, God, for a renewed revelation of that today. I pray that you would strengthen every heart and every life today, Lord. I'm asking you, God, to bless this church. I pray that you would bless every family. I pray that you would bless every man. I pray that you would bless his job. I pray that you would bless the wife. I pray, God of heaven, that you would bless our young adults. I pray that you would bless our singles. I pray you can help me pray right now. I pray that you would bless our young people. I pray that you would bless our Sunday school ministry. I pray, God, that you would bless Sunday school evangelism. Let your blessing, let your blessing, let your blessing be on them, Lord. We trust you and we thank you, God. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, for your mighty hand. Amen. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Isaac and his neighbors had access to the same soil, and they depended on the same sunshine and rain. But Isaac's harvest were always greater than theirs, and his flocks and herds multiplied more abundantly. Why is that? The key was that God kept his covenant promise, and he said, because of your father Abraham's sake, there are certain promises that God places on people. And by virtue of that anointing and by virtue of that blessing, you and I become recipients of that blessing. Amen. You know about the house of Obed-Edom. And when the Ark of the Covenant got into that house, everybody in that house was highly blessed. Do you understand that when the blessing of God is on your life, it's not just for your life. It's for your descendants and it's for your seed. In other words, when a mom and dad are walking in the will of God as one flesh, you know what happens? Their seed is blessed. Children, you're living a blessed life. You need to thank God for godly parents uh, who are living under the blessing of the Lord and it just filters down to you. Make sure you be a blessing to somebody. Amen. In fact, I think we just need to give God some praise in this house for his blessing. We don't need to say, God, if you'll give me a little bit more. If he never does another thing for us, he has highly blessed us and we are highly favored of the Lord. You do understand that we're living in covenant blessing and because of our forefathers, because of what God put on the past, we are living a legacy out right now. Not only are we living in a legacy, but we're leaving a legacy. And we need to thank God for his highly favored church. We need to thank him for his blessing. We need to walk in his blessing today. Some of you are going through burdens and battles. I know that right now, but not without the blessing of God. God didn't allow the burden and the blessing to come, or burden and battle to come first. He put a blessing on your life, and then he said, okay, here's the blessing. Now go through the burden and go through the battle. Battle, you're going to have to deal with the blessing of God on my life. Burden, you're not going to weigh me down because I'm walking in a blessing with God, and my blessing is going to overdo the burden or the battle. Can we give God praise? The world recognizes the blessing of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 22, God blessed every living creature that moveth and they brought forth abundantly and they multiplied. When God blesses a church, when he blesses a family, when he blesses a man, when he blesses a woman, he is expecting us to bring forth abundantly and multiply. There's not anything that you and I have to work up. We don't have to manufacture this. Just by virtue of walking in the will of God and exercising our anointing, exercising our gift, exercising the blessing of God, God said, something is coming forth out of you. That's why you can go to Louisville at a park on a Saturday night and somebody receive the Holy Ghost at the park. That's the blessing of God. That's why you can walk into a church plant on a Sunday morning and a praise team can go and worshipers can go and a preacher can go and God fills people with the Holy Ghost and they're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. God said, when I bless the church, I'm going to multiply the church and you're going to bring forth abundantly. Come on, Calvary. It's time to bring forth abundantly in this house. God has put a blessing on your life so that there can be an outcome of abundant blessing. You haven't even realized all of your potential and all of the power that God is putting inside of you. God, let a blessing flow. God, get ready. Get ready. 
Right now, Brother Cade's in conversation with missionaries. He's in conversation with some missionaries in Spain. He's in conversation with other missionaries. One of our goals at Calvary is once a year we will go and we will do a global missions trip. And that's a trip for ministry. Why? Because God has highly blessed this church and we don't want to keep it in the walls of Calvary. We want to go to the global field. We want to go to the mission field. We want to go to the church plants. We want to go to churches that are 40 years old but they're still running about 10 or 20. And we want to walk in there and be a blessing and let something come forth abundantly I'm trying to stretch somebody's faith in this place right now I'm trying to increase your faith in this place right now amen your days are not over your anointing is not wasted God wants to exercise it God wants to bless it and God wants to multiply it can we clap our hands to the Lord right now God of heaven bless this church I know the burden will come. I know that the battle will be there, but God has blessed you. You're not going to die in the famine. You will become fruitful, and God will make sure that you're feasting. Oh, can we love him today? Can we give him praise today? Hallelujah. The environment was blessed. And the environment was full of potential. There was nothing that existed, according to Genesis 1.22, there was nothing that existed that did not have God's blessing on it. The purpose of the blessing was to reveal covenant relationship. The promise of covenant relationship provided protection and provision. God established this principle before man existed. God blessed the environment. They were, the environment was producing. God protected the environment and God provided for the environment. Covenant promise does not mean freedom from the pain of the trial, but it does mean freedom through the trial. God knows where you are and he took Adam and Eve and he put them in an environment of blessing. Amen. He didn't take the thorns away. He just said the thorns aren't going to rule your day. You're going to rule over the thorn. I'm just telling somebody right now, God has already blessed the environment and then he put you in the middle of blessing when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to recognize the power that comes through the name of Jesus and that covenant keeping God. God promised to protect you and God promised to provide for you and God put a blessing on you. He put a blessing on you and that means you're going to make it through any burden and through every battle. Come here, Liam, I want you to help me. So here's what's going on, Baba. There's the burden and whatever that is. And there's the battle. But God said, I bless the environment, I put you in the environment, and then I'm just going to give you a coat of blessing. Yep, this is a coat of blessing. Dude, you're looking sharp. Huh? What? You're looking sharp. You see what I'm talking about? Without it, let's take it off. Without it, you're going to have to deal with the burden and the battle all by yourself. But when you get the Holy Ghost, when you got baptized in Jesus' name, he put a covenant blessing on you. He didn't take the burden away and he didn't take the battle away. He just said you're going through it in the blessing of God. And there's no burden and there's no battle that you will not come through because you have covenant blessing on you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and if God be for you. I said if God be for you. You said my God that jacket's swallowing up. Yeah, the blessings of God are swallowing you up. The blessings of God are too big for you to handle all by yourself. You ought to be giving God praise right now for his goodness and his faithfulness and his blessing. Oh, let's give him praise right now. Let's give him praise right now. You better leave it on. Just leave it on. We may need to go through some burdens and battles together, and I need you to illustrate the point again. I haven't broken out the pictorial yet. It's coming. Covenant promise is seen. An oath is seen in Genesis 15, 8 through 12. What's described in Genesis 15 was known 
in that day as the cutting of a covenant. It was a solemn ritual involved that involved the death of animals and the binding of a people to a promise. Think about it. Genesis 15, God approaches Abraham and he said, Abraham, I want to confirm a covenant with you and I need you to take some animals and some birds and I need you to cut them in half. Cut the animals in half, leave the birds whole. Don't divide the birds. And so Abraham does this. He cuts them in half. Why in the world did he even do this? This was known as a ritual called the cutting of a covenant. And when he cut that covenant, it involved the death of animals, but it also involved the binding of a people to a promise. In other words, when an animal gets cut and blood starts to flow, there is the binding of a promise and you can already read between the lines and I'm getting ahead of myself here. But when the Lamb of God was cut open and started bleeding, the people were bound to a promise and that's why he said get to that upper room and get to Pentecost because I'm going to bind you with a promise and when you get the promise of the Holy Ghost, uh, you're going to receive power. Not power to hold on to yourself, but power to be witnesses in the prison. Power to be witnesses at Calvary Espanol. Power to be witnesses in the park. Power to bring forth and multiply. I'm just telling you, Jesus, God in flesh, went through the cutting of a covenant so that you could have the promise. The persons making the covenant would sacrifice several animals and divide the bodies, placing the halves opposite of each other on the ground. The parties would walk between the pieces of the sacrifices in declaration that if they failed to keep their word, they deserved the same fate as the animals. That covenant was so binding that when they cut the animals, they divided them, they separated them, if the people entering into covenant relationship did not keep their word, the dead animals and the blood were a declaration that if I don't keep my word to you, I deserve what's happened to these animals in breaking the covenant. And so both parties would walk through the middle of the cut covenant or the cutting of the covenant. But Abraham's experience was different. He killed the animals. He laid them on the ground. And he spent the rest of the day fighting off the birds of the prey that were attracted to the flesh and the blood. And when the sun went down, Abraham fell into a deep sleep. And there God appeared to him and he spoke to him. But God never made Abraham walk through the cutting of the covenant. Only God walked through the cutting of the covenant. And what he was saying to Abraham, Abraham, I'm a God of my word. And if I don't keep my word, I, I, I belong. What belongs to me is what happened to these animals. And God was saying, if I promise to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, I'm going to keep my word to you. And so God who became flesh in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. God God said, I'm cutting covenant with you. The invisible became visible so that he could be cut in half. And all of a sudden his presence comes through Calvary so that you and I could go to Pentecost because he said, I'm a God of my word. And if I told you I'm coming to remove your sins, I'm coming to remove your sins. I, I've got a promise for you. And it's the gift of the Holy Ghost. The reason some of you are no longer drug addicts is because God is a God of his word. The reason some of you are highly favored and blessed is because God kept his word and he has been faithful to you. And we ought to give him praise in this house. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. He's walking up and down a bloody sacrifice. I know some of you are sacrificing. I know you're going through a battle. But God said, I didn't make you walk through there. I went through there all by myself to let you know I am a God of my word. Can we praise him? Can we praise him for being a God of his word? He is faithful and true. He said, Abraham, I just want you to do one thing. I'm not asking you to walk through, 
But here's what I am asking you to do until I can walk through. And the scripture in Genesis chapter 15 says that it was a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. A smoking furnace and a burning lamp walks through the cutting of the covenant. Notice a furnace is affliction. The burning furnace, it is an affliction. But there was also, there was also the smoking the smoking furnace and the burning lamp. And so there was the affliction, but there was also light. There was also a lamp, which meant illumination, which meant I'm going to give you revelation on what's coming next. And all Abraham knew is I'm in the middle of the darkest night of my life. I've just cut the animals in half. Blood is everywhere. And all of a sudden, before I can even get a word from God, I look up and here are the vultures of the sky. And Abraham just takes worship in his hand. And he says, "Mm -mm, not right now. Not before God answers. And you've got to make up your mind. Whatever you've sacrificed to the Lord, whatever you put there, hell will show up before your answer comes. And hell will try to consume it. And hell will show up and say, you're never going to get your answer. But God says, you've got to keep the vultures off the sacrifice. I'm going to be the one that keeps my word. I know some things are circling your life right now. If you look up overhead, you've got some things circling your life right now trying to come down on what you put on the altar and God is saying Abraham all I want you to do is worship me all I want you to do is get those hands in the air come on somebody help me you got to make up your mind I got bloody for this I'm not backsliding right now I'm not quitting right now I got bloody for this promise I got bloody for this revival I got bloody for church growth I got bloody for Calvary Espanol I got bloody for Calvary Pentecostal Church vultures of hell get out of here come on some of you need to get your praise back some of you need to get your dance back some of you need to get your worship back I know you're burdened and I know you're going through a battle and don't you dare let hell get all over your sacrifice. If you got to dance all by yourself, dance by yourself. If you got to walk up and down shooing the birds of hell away, get hell away from your sacrifice. Not getting it. Not getting my promise. You know what I'm talking about? They say, I haven't seen this, but they say when those vultures start circling and looking down, they don't land on anything alive. They land on dead things. They start circling around. They find a cow out in the field. But as long as, as, long as there's life left, they said, these vultures were coming around and one cow is about to land on that cow. He just started, all he could do is flicker his ear. There's a little life left in me. There's a little life left in me. I'm in a burden. I'm carrying a burden. And I'm in the battle of my life. But I've got the blessing of God on my life. And there's a little, sometimes you're not running the aisles. It may just be all you can do is get that hand in the air. God's not always expecting you to run the aisles, but just whatever you do, get the hand moving. And hell will not land. God's going to answer you. Listen, there was affliction and revelation that simultaneously visited Abraham. You're not going to let, God's not going to let you see without going through affliction. Otherwise, you're going to take credit for your blessing. You're going to go through the affliction. At the same time, God will reveal to you. I feel like God is about to give someone revelation in this house. It only comes through affliction. The reason some of you are going through affliction is so that God can reveal the next step. Give him praise in this house. You're in the middle of a blessing. You're in the middle of a blessing. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 through 15. For God, somebody needs to hear this word. Somebody needs to hear this word. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, don't you dare get sluggish. Don't let your worship get sluggish. Don't let your praise get sluggish. He said that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You're going to have to go through the furnace of affliction. But when you go through the furnace of affliction, there's going to be a godly revelation that shows you the outcome of this. You are not going down, church. You're going up. You're going into it with the blessing of God. You're going to bring forth abundantly and things are going to come out of this affliction. Things are going to come out of your trial. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Woo! You need to start walking by faith as though it's already in your hand. You need to start praising God like you've already got it. You need to give him praise like you're already in a fruitful land. Hallelujah. That's it. Give him praise. He went on. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Pain does not remove the promise. Pain reveals the promise. Notice Genesis chapter 26 verse 1 said that a famine came, but it wasn't the first famine. Did you get that? In other words, he was reminding them, if the first famine didn't kill you, the second famine isn't going to take you out. And if you've been in church over a week, the third famine isn't going to take you out. The fourth famine isn't going to take you out. The 100th famine is not going to take you out. Though you went through one, the second one's not even going to get you. You know what we need to be saying? The first famine didn't take me out. Neither is the one I'm going through right now. I'm in a burden and I'm in a battle, but I've got the blessing of God before I ever got into the famine. God bless the environment. God bless me, and I've got the blessing of God on my life in the middle of the famine. Come on, Calvary. Some of you that are going through the trial of your life, the one 25 years ago when you first got in church, it didn't get you. And the next one didn't get you. And you're still here today on Sunday afternoon. Whatever famine you've ever gone through didn't get you because you're not destined to die in the famine. You're going to a fruitful place. And you're going to a feasting place. But you've got to make up your mind to endure with patience when you're in the middle of the famine time. Hallelujah. Can we do that together right now? Can we give him praise in the middle of the famine? Not taking me out. Not taking me out. I know I've been hit hard. But it's not taking me out. I've already been through those things before. And I've got the code of blessing on my life. The blessing's going to get me through the burden. And the blessing is going to get me through the battle. You know, it's that, it's that old song that Eddie James sang. Chad and Danelle used to sing it. Back in the day. As I look back over my life. I can see how your love has guided me. Even though I've done wrong, you never left me alone. But you forgave me and you kept on blessing. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It's because of your mercy that we are not consumed. Because thy compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. As I look back over my life, I can see how your love has guided me. Even though I've done wrong, you never left me alone. But you forgave me and you kept on blessing me. Woo! 
Somebody needs to look back at where you've come from. Somebody needs to look back to where God brought you from. You're still here. You're blessed and highly favored. Come on, my Lord have mercy. Some of you need to look back and praise him for everything he's brought you through. Here it is. I said, Lord, you've been so faithful. I can, I can, hear, I can see Chad, and then I can hear it in my mind. I, I'm not going to try to sing it, but I can hear it in my mind. I can never repay you, Lord, for what you've done for me. How you loosed my shackles and you set me free. How you made a way out of no way. Turned my darkness into day. You've been my joy in the time of sorrow. Hope for my tomorrow. Peace in the time of storm. Strength when I'm weak and worn. I can never repay you, Lord, for what you've done for me. How you loosed my shackles and you set me free. Woo! I've got the blessing of God on my life. And I can make it through any battle. And I can make it and carry any burden because God has loosed me and been so faithful. Somebody shout to him. Somebody give him praise. Woo! Abraham was in Egypt. God called him to Canaan. Abraham, like most of us, found it easier to trust God in the far-off promises than in the right-now needs. I know he'll be good to me when I get to Canaan, but man, I'm struggling right now. Why? Why is it so easy for us to trust him over there, far away somewhere? And what he's really wanting is for us to say, right now. You're a right now God. You're an on time God. God is a very present help in time of trouble. You've got to trust him right now. Though it may not be fulfilled for another year, two years, three years, four years, whatever the year may be. But you've got to say, God, you're faithful right now. And I know that you're going to provide for me right now. You've got to understand, as Paul said in Philippians 4.18, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's already provided. You're in a covenant with him. And in a covenant, he protects you. In a covenant, he provides for you. And he swore by himself because he could swear by no greater. He's not going to fail you. He's going to be with you always. Woo! Bless me. When you're in covenant relationship with a pronounced blessing on your life, you'll go from famine, verse 1, to fruitful, verse 22, to feasting, verse 30, all in one chapter. Don't build your house in Egypt when God wants you in Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, let me ask you a little real easy question. How do you get milk? Huh? How do you get honey? You mean it doesn't just automatically show up as milk? And it doesn't automatically show up as honey? I'm going to a land flowing with milk and honey, but you mean I've got to tolerate and put up with some cows and bees? <laughs> yeah, that's what that means. If you want milk, you're going to have to deal with animal nature. If you want some honey, you're going to have to deal with getting stung every once in a while. But you don't focus on getting tread upon by cattle. And you don't focus on getting stung. You focus on what's coming out of the affliction. God is going to provide a land for me. It's not one little plot of ground. There's a land coming. There's a place coming. I've got to deal with some cattle and herd instinct. I've got to deal with some stinging. I've got to deal with some trials and trouble. But God has blessed me to make it through. God has blessed me to make it through. 
Why in the world would God allow me to go through something like that? Something that wants to consume me and something that wants to sting me. Because when the milk and honey start flowing, you'll enjoy it more when you look back and you see everything that God has brought you through and you get the blessing. Oh, hallelujah. I know we're thankful today. And I know that God has been so good to us. But the reason that we can rejoice in Him is when we look back at the incremental blessings and say, you know, we were at General Conference and we saw uh, Brother and Sister Carpenter, pastor in Corpus Christi, and, and Rod Carpenter, and he always remembers. He's, we were, I think, was that our first revival? Or San Benito was the first. After, after our honeymoon, we won our honeymoon. A week later, jumped in that travel trailer, went down to San Benito, and, and, then, and then from there, um, we were going to Corpus Christi. And man, we were complaining. I'll never forget. We were complaining. We were, we were, in, this, we were in this little travel trailer, Brother C, and there hadn't, they had no slide outs. There were no slide outs. And, and, you know, all of our friends had, you know, they had the, the fifth wheel with the jumbo slide out, 15-foot slide out that just increased the living room floor space. And we were, and, and that travel trailer that we lived in, it, it was an Argosy, which is an Airstream, and uh, fiberglass outside, but it had, it had aluminum framing. Well, when it was cold outside and you turned the heater on inside, aluminum condensation right over the bed. And I'd try to sleep, and as I was sleeping, condensation would drip on my head. And so I slept with a towel right next to the bed. And about every two hours, I would take that towel and I would wipe the ceiling. And I would say to her, man, I wish we had a bigger trailer. And then, man, the Lord smote me. I mean, he smote me and he said, what are you doing complaining? Who do you think you are? You better be thankful for what you have. And I told her, I said, we better straighten up our attitudes. We're going to get in trouble with the Lord. And so I said, you know what? We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. And it was right after that. We're driving down to Corpus Christi. We're in Sinton, Texas. And it was, it was raining. And, and just a little bit of that rain on, on the concrete on the, on the road and that oil that's on the road made it real slick. And all of a sudden, that travel trail, that Argosy with condensation and everything started going back and forth. And she's like, Jesus! How many times have y'all heard that? My family. <laughs> Jesus. And man, I'm telling you, it was pushing the truck. And we went down, we went down into the center. We're, we're started ahead toward oncoming traffic. And so I take you up, knowing that when you turn, the weight of that trailer is going to swing back around. But, you know, you're in the moment. And so I turned the wheel. Well, that trailer swung back around, thrust us all the way across the highway into the ditch. And I'm seeing this barbed wire fence. We run through the barbed wire fence. The trailer flips off of the truck and is totaled, totaled, totaled. To our name, like me, I mean, let me just tell you something. I was 26, I was 26 years old. Everything that we owned was in cardboard boxes. You talk about having security and paycheck? We, we were preaching revival. I think we had like three, four revivals. That meant four paychecks. And you did not know how much you were going to get paid church to church. Back then, sometimes it was $250 for the whole week. If you, if you had a good week, you got $500 the whole week. And we had nothing. We're in this hotel room. I'm looking in the mirror. I've got my Bible. It's my first Thompson chain. I, um, I gave that to John Michael and Gabby at their wedding. And that was the, my first preaching Bible. And, and, I, and I had that. All I had was that Bible and, and our clothes and our wedding album, our pictures. That's it. That was all we had. And I looked at my wife and I said, babe, we got our Bible. We got clothes on our back. Let's go have revival. And Brother Carpenter reminded me that he said we had a two-week revival, one of the best revivals they had. And, and so I'm like, oh, God, help us, Lord. What are we going to do? Got insurance money. Got insurance money. And it was double what that Argosy was worth. And Brother Benson and I went to a travel trailer place. And we looked at this. It was a 31-foot fifth wheel XL with a 15-foot jumbo slide. Now, you have to understand, in the Argosy, I could sit at our kitchen table. I could reach the sink. I could reach the microwave. I could reach the refrigerator. And I could reach the stove and never have to get up from the, from the table. Am I, am I telling you the truth? It was like that, man. And so to even think about getting a 15-foot jumbo slide out where I could actually get up and walk to the refrigerator 
I was like, oh, Lord, this would be incredible. But they, we got like $15,500 for that insurance check. The trailer was 23537 And we go there. Brother Benson's with me. We're talking to the guy. And I tell him, we tell him, said, man, I've got this insurance check. And that's all the money I have. I don't have any other money. There's no savings. There's no $1,000 emergency fund. There's nothing. And he said, well, I'm sorry. We can't do that. And I said, okay. I said, well, then there's no deal. We start to walk off, and Brother Benson said, Carl, Carl, when he does that, you know something good's on the way. <laughs> he said, Carl, watch this. He's going to go back there, and he's going to talk to his manager. He's going to come back out here. He's going to say, it's a deal. So, man, we're walking off that parking lot about that time. Mr. McLaughlin, <laughs> we turn back around and say, Brother Benson, get ready, Carl. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I went to the back. said, I talked to the owner, talked to the manager, and he said, it's a deal. You got a travel trailer for $15,500. <laughs> when you look back to where God brought you from and you see where you are now, you got to deal with the cattle, you got to deal with the bees, but God said, I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. I've got a place for you. You've got to be content with where you are now if you want the blessing coming in the future. As long as you're complaining about now, you'll never get the promise of tomorrow. But when you chase the vultures away now and you praise his name now, he said, I like that Thanksgiving spirit. I like that praise in the church. I'm thankful that you're content. I've got a land flowing with milk and honey for you. Some of you ought to be giving God praise right now in the middle of your trial. You're going to a fruitful place and you're going to a land of feasting. Somebody shout to him today. Woo! Yes. Yes, Lord. Stand with me. He said, Isaac, I need you to go dig those wells that Abraham discovered. And there's a couple of preaching points there. He digs again the wells of his father, Abraham. And the Bible said that he named them the same name. First of all, for his present need, he went back to what the past had preserved. He didn't try to create a new thing or a new environment to get a new blessing. He said, if it was good for Abraham, it's good for me today. And can I just say right now, we don't need to create some new Pentecost. Holiness still works. Jesus' name baptism still works. Tongue talking is still relevant today. Holy Ghost, in fact, it's part of the covenant blessing. He didn't go back and start renaming them to be non-offensive and become user-friendly. He was gentle. He was a worshiper. But look, if it's holiness that we fall in love with, we love holiness. We're not apologizing for it. We make no... We may no excuse for it. We're not trying to rename the wells to be more relevant today. We believe that God has brought us a long way. Maybe the younger generation just needs to go back and rediscover what worked. But be careful. Battles and burdens will fill up your wells. And when you start digging again to renew... What God wants to bless, you may run into some things that you un were unexpected. I just want to say don't quit. He starts digging. You see why I didn't want you to take that off? You see a shovel around here? Huh? All right, make believe. The blessing of God. Well, doesn't the blessing exempt me from all trouble and all problems? Go back and dig the well. You've got the blessing. 
But you're going to deal with some burdens and you're going to deal with some battles. The first place that they went to was Esek. You ready? If you want the blessing, get rid of the dirt. Don't harp on the dirt. Dig with faith and forgiveness and remove the dirt of bitterness out of the way. If you want the blessing, dig with faith and a lot of forgiveness because forgiveness digs a well and throws the bitterness to the side because there's something greater than bitterness. We're not here to complain about the bitterness. We're not here to camp out at Esek, which means strife and contention. Go look at the word. What he's doing is he's saying, the herdsmen of Gerar show up and they named it Esek, which means strife and contention. But Isaac said, I'm not staying with strife and contention. I'm going to dig until I hit water. I'm going to dig with faith and I'm going to dig with forgiveness. You may never get your blessing until you forgive someone. You may be looking at the dirt of bitterness and the dirt of past and all of the strife and all of the contention and all of the problems. And God said, I want you to dig. You've got the blessing on you. Quit camping out at ESET. God put the blessing on you to get you through the battle. I know a lot of people who have backslidden right there. Rehoboth is over there, which means God has made room for us or fruitful. But you never get to Rehoboth until you go first to Esek. But here's what he said. So the herdsmen of Gerar show up and say, hey, dude. Oh, oh no, you're supposed to push me back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, boom. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, that hurt. I don't want strife and contention. Come on. Let's go over here to Sitna. Esek, strife, contention. Problem is, when they're digging, they start digging back layers. And guess what Sitna was? Hatred. It went from strife and contention to hatred. Before you get your blessing, there may be feelings of hatred that come over you because that's the flesh. Faith and forgiveness keeps them. Get rid of the dirt. Man, I hate what they did to me. Man, I'm so aggravated about all the contention. Man, if they would just quit doing that. They quit treating me that way. I'm going to dig until I hit water. Look. There it is. Drink. Drink! Ah, it's poison! Get up, you're gonna die, and there's hatred there! Thank God He gave me the coat of blessing before I had to go through strife, contention, and feelings of hatred. Isaac said, mm -mm, not backsliding right here, there's this well over here. I remember my daddy when I was a little boy. I remember my daddy taking me to this place called Rehoboth. And I just, that's what Sister Jinx and I did. Brother and Sister Jinx and I, we were in that, we were in that room today. And she said, oh, Brother McLaughlin. She said, my mom, she said, my mom didn't have the Holy Ghost. My dad didn't have the Holy Ghost. There's a term that she used, and I need to go look it up. She said, he was a rounder. Some of you old timers need to tell me what a rounder is. I mean, I can use my imagination, but he was a rounder. I was like, well, he was, he was a, he was a scoundrel. He, he said, oh, he, and she said, she said, they tried this church, they tried that church, they tried another church, and said, finally, they went to the Pentecost church. The elder brother Gidrose was preaching a revival. 
and said he was preaching a revival every night. And said the elder brother Gidrose said he's preaching a revival every night. And said my mom had heard. And said oh, she was looking. She tried the assemblies of God at that time. They would shout and they would speak in tongues. Said but they didn't have Jesus' name baptism. There just wasn't quite the power that she was looking for. And she said so my mom. My mom said you know I'm just looking for something else. Well she met a backslidden Pentecostal woman. And that backslider said if you're looking for something that powerful, I know where you need to go told her about the UPC church and so she went to this church but the Gitros was preaching and said that she said that they had this prayer line remember the prayer lines she had this prayer line going and said that her mama her mama said I'm going up there and I'm going to get the Holy Ghost and said she went through that prayer line three times got filled refilled and refilled with the Holy Ghost I said sister Jinx that'll preach that's a message right there some of us need to go through the line three times one drink isn't enough and we just need to keep going back through and back through and back through and back through. We don't need a fast food Holy Ghost fix. We need to go through the prayer line several times and get what we need from God. He said, you know, it's not, it's not an ESEC. I don't want who wants to live in strife and contention? Is there anybody here that wants to live over there? I don't want strife and contention. Anybody want to live and sit in a hatred? He said, no. Get the shovel. Faith, forgiveness. Faith, forgiveness. I forgive the strife. I forgive the accusations. I forgive the lies. I forgive the gossip. I'm sorry, God, for feeling bitter. I'm asking you to forgive me of any bitterness that crept into my heart. I don't want to live in the past. I don't want it. I don't. I want Rehoboth. God's going to make room for us. And all of the sudden, they get rid of all of the dirt. Listen, you may have to dig through a lot of dirt to get the blessing of God, but you've got to have your mind fixed on the blessing and not the dirt. We can all find dirt on one another. We can all find dirt on one another. Let's look at the blessing together. Let's dig until a blessing comes. Let's dig until a blessing comes. Get beyond the pain, the hurt, and the bitterness and get to Rehoboth. And the herdsmen of Gerar quit fighting with them. And he said, we're going to name this place Rehoboth. Because the Lord has made room for us. He's brought us into a fruitful place. Thank you so much for listening to the Upper Room Podcast. We hope you were encouraged today. If you want to stay connected with the church and the podcast, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook at Calvary Pentecostal Church or Instagram at Calvary Ulyss. Don't forget to visit our website at calvaryulyss.org. That's calvaryulyss.org. We'll see you guys Friday for an all new episode.